uh, we did it the pre-seed round, we did the seed round, was really get to know our investors well before we actually needed to raise funding um, to make sure that there, there is that mutual fit. Welcome everyone to Uptech Report, now into our founder's journey here with Jorge Torres based in San Francisco and Adam Kerrigan based in the UK, co-founders of MindsDB. Check out part one of our interview where we talked about their open source AI layer for databases. But I want to dive a little bit more into the story of the creation of, of this company, that you guys, co-founders coming together. What, how did it happen? And, and why are you guys working together in the first place? How did you meet? So uh, Jorge and I have been friends for many, many years. We met uh, back at university uh, in Australia, at the Australian National University. I was studying finance. Uh, he was studying computer science, specializing in sort of AI and, and machine learning. And we became very good friends, lived together at college and uh, uh, worked on a few you know, projects together, student politics, et cetera, uh, became very good friends. And then we actually uh, um, uh, came together in London uh, to create a, a previous company that we ran, which uh, used computer vision um, for digital signage. So we could determine you know, age, gender, and sort of all these demographic uh, characteristics about individuals to target advertising to, to those people. Um, uh, it's a terrible business to be in, and, and we know that now. Uh, and we're back, that could be a whole another episode um, of lessons learned. Um, but one of the things that we did learn was that um, you know, the the process of building machine learning models uh, is a lot of it is, is like building blocks. Um, and so, um, you know, we were a small team, limited resources. Uh, and so we had to uh, be nimble in terms of how we could actually do this because we couldn't afford a, a data scientist that costs, you know, sort of $300,000. Corey, um, I'm going to punt over to you for the development of the product itself. Um, curious on kind of lessons learned there of um, how do you, uh, know when it's ready to to launch it and get feedback and that whole iterative, iterative process. Any uh, insights you can share? Uh, there's a saying that uh, when you know it's ready, it's probably too late. Um, so we, I think that at the beginning, we we were waiting for that moment when it was ready to kind of show it to people to, to go about it. But um, actually, going back to, to those very early days, the more we waited, that the more dangerous it was. And and now we understand that the product is is never ready. Um, and there, there's always something that you can fix. There's always something that you can improve. Um, there's always competition. So even if you think that at some point you, it's perfect, someone is going to have an edge that you haven't seen before, and, and it just keeps you on your toes. And uh, machine learning is such a hot topic that, you know, what was... Um, you know the state of the art. Uh, you know, a few months ago, today it, it's it's different, and and therefore, the project that we build um, will, by nature and by definition, uh, will never be ready. And the learning there is that you have to be comfortable with that, and and you have to have a a cadence that you feel comfortable for releasing uh, features to your users, and also have uh, you know tough skin to to understand that. Not everything that you do will will play out as you expect. But the more frequent your releases are, then the more frequent you will realize that you are in the right target or, or not. So more more frequent releases may be a, a smart tactic. Um, going back over to you, Adam, of funding, um, any common mistakes or, or, or lessons learned when it comes to seeking funding and being able to get started that you can share? Yeah, so I think one of the most important things is really finding an investor that shares your vision. 
Um, there's a lot of investors out there that will provide you know, just a check and, and maybe that's what you need. Um, maybe, maybe you've got expertise elsewhere. Um, but I think really focusing and spending time to get to know your investors, and that's one thing that we do, uh, we did at the pre-seed round, we did the seed round, was really get to know our investors well before we actually needed to raise funding um, to make sure that there, there is that mutual fit, you know, that they you know, believe in the product and, and that you also believe in them and their ability to help you, you know, uh, create the, the, the vision for the company and, and execute on that vision. Uh, so I think that is something that's sort of um, uh, not not focused on enough, really, about that you know uh, in, investor founder fit, if you will. Um, Jorge, for once you get the funding, actually building the right team to make this happen, um, there's a lot of lessons learned when it comes to hiring the right people and building that right culture and being able to move forward. Uh, first of all, actually, how big is the team today? Uh, we're 14 people. 14 people. And, and when it comes to hiring, what have you seen as common mistakes or, or the biggest mistake one could make uh, when building the team and making it, uh, making it happen? So uh, I think that the biggest mistakes that we've made have been around um, hiring too fast. Um, the, the idea of hiring is so compelling once you have capital to, to hire people that you feel this rush to bring in as many people as you need or you think that you need. But um, assessing just the same as when you want to assess a founder investor fit, finding a, a teammate uh, company fit is, is a fine art that uh, we're learning and we're continuing to learn. But uh, every time we do it in a, in, a, in a kind of like a small decision of uh, they look good on paper and you know, a 15 minute call made sense, we start to realize that there were many things that we did not assess. Um, and we learned those very early on in the company. Uh, and, and for that matter, like the team that we have right now is exactly the team that we want. But it does take us a long time to, to go over the interview process, to understand that they will feel comfortable with the job that we want them to do. And, and um, probably the best lesson that we had is, is two, twofold. Um, the first one is that they join initially for three months where there's like a mutual assessment for a fit. Um, and, and it's more like a longer interview time where we both understand if this is going to work in the long term. And the second part is um, for every job that we have uh, now, there is a challenge that is relevant to the work that we're doing rather than making up with that, like for developer or for sales, for any of those are like this kind of typical challenges that you give people, uh, but in, in essence are meaningless to, to your specific problems. Um, we've learned a lot from just giving them a task that we're actually trying to solve ourselves and see how they go about it. And, and the people that do well in those uh, are the ones that we bring in for like a three month, uh, initial engagement. And then if that goes well, then we can move into like a more permanent one. And, and really that has changed dramatically, um, how we, we've, we've formed the team, uh, since our first hires. Adam, in this world of uh, being able to create an open source and then offer uh, to enterprise, that's where the, the actual uh, business models around, any uh, insights there for others who are thinking of a similar model with their business? Yeah, so I think um, the first step really is to make sure you have product market fit, right? That's the most important uh, the most important thing before you start thinking kind of about pricing and, and, uh, and, and business models because they will change. And the, the business model that you start with almost certainly will change. The first price that you know you, you, you sell to your first customer will almost certainly be different to you know what you do twelve months and 
and uh, five years from now. Um, so I think really that is, is, is probably the most important thing that, you know, be flexible. Um, you know, uh, you've got to have a plan, uh, but you've also got to be able to adjust that plan because uh, when it comes to startups, uh, every, every day is different and you're probably going in many different directions within the same week. So uh, I think that's probably the most important thing to focus on. Last question. What kind of tech innovations do you guys predict we'll see in the near term and long term coming up? Um, yeah, I think that uh, people that are dealing with uh, genomic data um, are going to see a lot of innovation throughout the, the cost of uh, having whole genome sequencing information has gone from like a billion dollars to a few hundred dollars. Like now I think you can get it for less than a hundred dollars. Um, so all the innovation around that uh, will be overwhelming. Um, and, and I guess longer term, uh, surely is going to be that, that kind of like intersection of um, this quantum computing and, and machine learning, which there are companies that already are drilling into this for drug discovery and, and very complex machine learning problems as well as kind of computational problems. But um, that intersection will continue to unfold the most fascinating uh, solutions to problems that are still, you know, uncrackable. Um, and I think, you know, a bit biased here because of the industry we're in, but really I think automated machine learning is going to be something much more over the coming years and, and we hope to be a, and plan to be a big part of that. Um, you know, we don't plan to kind of replace humans. It's all about sort of augmented their, their decision-making and, and sort of in the medium to longer term, you know, what becomes really important is, is explainability. Um, and that's something that MindsDB does very well. Um, there's always room for improvement in, in sort of five, 10 years time. So the level of explainability that you'd be able to get from these previous sort of black box models um, is going to be sort of um, you know, amazing. Well, thank you so much, Adam and Jorge, for, for sharing both your insights over the last couple of years. And, and even before that, I know there's always something uh, being able to learn and for what you guys are doing at Minds, uh, MindsDB. For those who want to learn more, definitely uh, check it out at MindsDB.com. Uh, also on GitHub, you can be able to download uh, their solution. Um, thank you again, everyone, for joining us. Our sponsor for today's episode is TerraLeap. If your company wants to find out how to better leverage the power of video to increase sales and marketing results, head over to TerraLeap.io and learn about the new product customer stories. We'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much. That concludes the audio version of this episode. To see the original and more, visit our Uptech Report YouTube channel. If you know a tech company we should interview, you can nominate them at uptechreport.com. Or if you just prefer to listen, make sure you're subscribed to this series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app.